The record may not indicate it, but it was a successful first year for Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State, and we're going to talk about his successes on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. And, of course, a shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. You can stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Like I said, this was not a season that was successful in terms of wins and losses. If you are measuring it by that, then you will call this season unsuccessful. And that's totally fine. That is totally fine. That's up to you. It's it's subjective, the way that we can look at successes and failures. So totally understandable. I fall more on the side of the successes outside of wins and losses, because to me, at least this was not a year where you should have been looking at that wins and losses column. You should have been looking at some of the other building blocks that go into establishing the next phase and the next era of Sun Devils football. And in the first year of the Kenny Dillingham era, I feel like there was quite a bit of success, quite a bit to be happy about. And that's what we're going to take a look at today. There's three things to me that stood out in particular that really kind of established why this was a successful season. We're going to take a look at those three and we're going to go ahead and start off with the groundwork of this team has been established. Let me explain. So there's a few ways that you can look at establishing the groundwork here. The first way is to take a look at the roster makeup and understand the direction that Kenny Dillingham wants to go. So when I look at this roster makeup, what I noticed is a lot of veterans, both returning to the program and coming through the transfer portal, that were very instrumental in kind of building up everybody else. Look at some of the most important guys on this team. You had Travian Brown, who to me, pound for pound, was the most important player that was brought through the transfer portal. A graduate player, somebody who had familiarity in Brian Ward's scheme. We'll talk about Ward more in a little bit. But somebody who was able to take a defense that, for all accounts and purposes, was really bad last year and turned them into more than a respectful unit. You also had Deshaun Mallory on the defensive line. He also was someone who was really important to establishing that same kind of intensity and that leadership along the defensive line. In the secondary, you had guys like Shamari Simmons who came in. You had guys like D Ford who came in that were also, again, important in 
bringing everybody together. And it was, it was a big part of getting everything laid out to start building upon. Because not only did you have a lot of veterans come in, you also had a pretty big freshman class. And the vast majority of them ended up redshirting this year, which is not a bad thing at all. In fact, I think that's going to end up paying off its dividends down the road when you take a look at how these guys were able to sit back and absorb everything, both the information, both the the new concepts that are going to be introduced and everything else in between. Like there was a lot here for these young kids to understand, and it wasn't going to be easy without the veteran guys ahead of them laying down that groundwork. So you look at what they did for you and how important it was to be able to establish where this team is going. Very, very important. You also had some of your veterans that were on the team that were instrumental as well. Joey Ramos on the offensive side of the football, one of the biggest leaders for the team, especially along the offensive line where he played virtually every position it felt like at at least at some point it felt like he had lined up all over the field besides center where Lee Fontanu was able to hold it down but Ramos was a guy who was really important for establishing that culture somebody who you look to him as a leader a vocal guy a guy setting it by example played through injury I mean he was wearing a club at one point in time during the year so it was incredibly important for him to be that guy. I felt like you also had that from Elijah Badger, somebody who led by example, both from a production standpoint, but also somebody who was just so interested in bringing everybody up around him. They had a lot of new faces in that receiving core. Melcon Stovall, uh, Troy O'Mary, Xavier Guillory. There was a lot of new faces that were trying to get established. And, you know, Mel Melquan was definitely that veteran guy coming in, but O'Mary was a younger player. Uh, Guillory, kind of in between, I would say. I think he was a redshirt junior, but somebody who was coming up from the FCS level definitely needed a little more guidance as well. You had young guys as well. Caleb Black, the freshman. Uh, Giovanni Sanders was another senior who was really involved in getting everyone going. Bottom line is you look at these guys who were able to help lay the groundwork for where the team is going moving forward because they were guys who led by example. The players themselves were one of the most important factors of this season in order to determine what was successful and what was unsuccessful. And I felt like they did a really good job of this. Cameron Scadaboo was another guy coming up from FCS level who was able to really establish himself not only as one of the most productive players on the team, but just somebody that you can look to as a veteran leader. You had that all over the field. Trenton Borgay, another very, very important leader for the team as a redshirt junior, someone who's been with the team for the better part of 47 years, something along those lines. You had these guys. Some will be returning for next year, depending on eligibility. Some will no longer be there, eligibility or declaring for the draft, whatever it might be. But the important thing was that in year one, they were instrumental in being able to kind of establish what the culture was going to be, establish the groundwork and everything else that's going to fall into place for this team. 
Want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offer stays hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Also want to talk to you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. When you are making hires for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. You can do this in minutes, and once you do, you can get it set up with the hashtag hiring frame to spread the word that you're hiring. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates, so easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have time or resources to hire. And thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick and easy. They even just launched a a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Want to talk to you guys as well about our friends over at the Locked On Sports Today podcast that is, or not even podcast, it's just a 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. You heard me right, 24-7. It's the first ever of its kind. It's got the top national stories of the day with our local experts on Locked On our national shows that are covering every league. So baseball, football, basketball, hockey, all that good stuff. It's the Locked On Sports Today channel on YouTube. Subscribe. It's the first ever sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's it's pretty cool. I've checked it out. It's it's actually really, really cool. I, I implore you guys to do it as well. But let's go ahead and jump back into our conversation and take a look at the next success from the Kenny Dillingham era, and that was building a culture. I kind of alluded to this over the first step here, was laying out the groundwork for what the team wanted to be and all that good stuff. And again, we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast as well. But the next big thing here was the culture building. And the biggest example of that is something that I echoed all year long. It's something that everyone was accustomed to hearing at some point in time, Not just if you were listening to this podcast, but if you were just paying attention to Sun Devils media in general, you will know what this is. It's the fact that these guys didn't quit at any point in the year. They fought every single game, every single minute, every single second, every quarter, no matter what. They could have been down 100 to nothing or they could have been up 100 to nothing. ASU at no point in time was rolling over on their backs. They weren't taking their foot off the gas pedal. They were playing hard every single game. You have to love that. You have to love the identity that they established, right? You have to love the 
culture that they're building. And the culture here is that these guys are going to give their all every single game. They're going to go out there and they're going to show you just how, just how much they want to win. That is such a massive step in the right direction for your team is to see these guys want to go out there to see them want to play every single second, because it would be really easy in a three win season to want to give up. You want to know how we know that is because a year ago in a three win season, it was really easy for these guys to get overwhelmed and give up. And part of that was, you know, dealing with Herm Edwards for the first three games of the year and then having to adjust to interim head coach Sean Aguano when he took over. He had to deal with all of the outside noise that was going on with the NCAA stuff. You had all the controversy with Ray Anderson going on. There was a lot that was happening last year that made it really easy for these guys to get overwhelmed, roll over on their backs, and give up. That was not the case this year. And keep in mind, this is a season that, for all accounts and purposes, was lost before it even got started because Ray Anderson proposed a self-imposed bowl game ban. It would be so easy to give up on the season at that point, and yet they didn't. They didn't do that. You had two guys leave in the middle of the year. Isaiah Glass and Will Schaefer decided to enter the portal in the middle of the year. Juju Mitchell was dismissed before the beginning of the year. So was Isaiah Johnson. So while there were some guys who exited the program or were kicked out of the program, that was such a huge step for this team wanting to establish our culture. Because if you didn't want to stick around, when things got tough, Kenny Dillingham, in the most positive way possible, he told us this at the beginning of the season, said, you know, if you're looking to get into the portal, I'll help you out. I will more than happily point you in the right direction and get you to a place that you feel is going to be a bit better fit for you. With Juju and Isaiah, it was just a matter of these guys are not bringing the energy that we're looking for, and we're going to be moving on. It's part of establishing your culture is figuring out who fits, who doesn't fit, and then moving on from that point. It's also about having those veterans that are able to establish that as well. But then you have the coaches too that bring in that same intensity, that same passion for this game and for this program. Take a look at a guy like Charlie Raggle. Comes in from Idaho State, has some ties to the Valley. He's the assistant head coach. He is the special teams coordinator. He brought that intensity, though. He's somebody that was one of the most important coaches. I I feel I did not give him enough credit this year, and I want to start giving him credit now because Raggle was so instrumental this year in being able to get everything going, and not just for the players, but the coaches, too, and especially for Kenny Dillingham. There's a reason he was the assistant head coach, and it's because he's got that experience, he's got that persona, and somebody that you feel is going to be able to build everything up. It goes back to the groundwork as well, but from a coaching standpoint. And Charlie Raggle was at the forefront of that. But then you had guys like Brian Ward, a defensive coordinator, who was able to kind of establish that culture defensively. You look at last year's defense. They were getting beat constantly, and it caused a morale problem. This year, they were beat, not nearly as much, but they were beat for sure. I mean, the U of A game is more than a good enough example of that team getting beat for big plays. 
but yet they had that that short-term memory and focused on the next down. They were completely focused on improving in the middle of the game. They didn't let the big plays tear them down. That was one of the biggest differences you saw this year. Charlie Raggle did it, and then Brian Ward did it. And then two more great examples, Brian Carrington, the defensive backs coach, and especially, especially wide receivers coach Rashad Samples. Those are guys that came in this year. They're young dudes. They're in their 30s or no more than their early 40s. I want to say they're in their 30s. I could be wrong, but they're guys who came in and took a look at their position groups and wanted to change the morality of those guys. And they were more than successful in doing that. They really took a good job taking two talented groups and getting them to that next level. So very impressive all the way around. And it was part of establishing that culture. And the biggest step in that culture was we're not going to roll over. We're not going to give up. We're not going to be victims of circumstance. We're going to try and get better every single week. That was the biggest step that this team took into establishing their culture. It started with that groundwork that was laid out with the players, with the veterans, and all that good stuff. The next step was with the coaches who hold guys accountable, who want to be able to establish that culture of we're not going to give up, we're going to play hard. It doesn't matter if we're facing Alabama. It doesn't matter if we're facing, you know, Northern Montana State Tech University A&M. Doesn't matter. They're going to come out every week. They're going to be firing on all cylinders. It was huge to see this year for those guys being able to establish that kind of culture, that kind of continuity, that no matter what we're doing, we're going to be giving our best foot forward every single time. Got to talk to you guys about our friends over at Prize Fix. Prize Fix, the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now the basketball's here. I can do that as well. You can head over to the combo league, the special leagues, if you will, and create yourselves a customized projection that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. An example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half point combo of three points made plus receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can. You can find them in the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view the entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community every single week. Price Picks also offers a reboot policy. So if your entries stay in play, even your entries stay in play even if one of the players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. And of course, there's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use the promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use that promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And again, wherever you're getting your podcast, make sure you hit like, subscribe, turn on those notifications. I also want you guys to head over 
to the Locked On Sports Today streaming channel on YouTube. It's a 24-7 streaming channel. They cover the top stories of the day with our local experts at Locked On. National shows covering every league. So all four of your major sports, it's it's everything that you're looking for. Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's go ahead and close out this podcast talking about the final success of the season. And to me, this was establishing the identity of this team. Now, I don't want to feed a fed horse. And I don't want to continue to talk about all of the culture building that they were doing. I don't want to talk about the groundwork. I want to talk about the way that this team plays football. They play aggressive. They play fast. They play unorthodox. That is the identity of this football team. They play fast. These are guys that are going a million miles an hour. They're hot motors. They don't slow down. They don't play. They don't take plays off. What was something we heard every single game this year? Every single time we went in the postgame conference, wins or losses. What did these guys say? They said, do your one eleventh. What does that mean? It means do your part. Every single play. We got 11 guys on the field. You need to make sure that you are doing your job on every single down. That's part of establishing culture. That's part of laying the groundwork. That's part of establishing your identity here. Doing your part. So it doesn't matter if you are on offense and you're supposed to run a route. It doesn't matter if you're pass blocking, if you're run blocking. It doesn't matter if you are running the ball outside or inside. It doesn't matter if you're supposed to be blocking in line or if you're getting split out. It doesn't matter where you're throwing the football, short, intermediate, deep, underneath, whatever. All that matters is you do your part. You do your 111th because when you do that, that's how you're going to take that step forward as a team defensively. Doesn't matter if you're playing trenches. It doesn't matter if you're dropping deep. Doesn't matter if it's zone or man. Doesn't matter if you're blitzing. Doesn't matter stunts. Doesn't matter twists or anything else that you can come up with. Doesn't matter what it is. Do your 111th. You do your part, and everything else is going to come together. That was the biggest piece of the identity that Kenny Dillingham wanted to establish this year. And for all accounts and purposes, he did because these guys were on it every single week. Every time you spoke to these guys on the practice field and post-game conference, whatever, it was always about doing your one eleventh. That's all that mattered to this team at the end of the day. What else did they have besides that kind of identity? Well, they wanted to be unorthodox. They wanted to be a team that you could not predict that you were going to really struggle to have a game plan against. Let's go back to the USC game. The first game of the year that Kenny Dillingham had taken over play calling duties. What happened in that game? USC couldn't figure it out because ASU was going for it on fourth down. ASU was doing pooch punts. This was really when Cameron Scadaboo became the de facto face of the offense because he threw it, he ran it, he caught it, he punted it. Cameron Scadaboo did everything. And this was the game that really started to set the tone for that kind of player. 
and it wasn't just him. We saw Jalen Conyers taking snaps at quarterback for power runs in the Hellcat package. We saw all sorts of different trick plays. Trenton Borgay and Drew Pine both caught passes this year. You saw Elijah Badger do all sorts of different things. You saw Melquan Stovall get involved deep. You saw Giovanni Sanders find some work underneath. They did a little bit of everything throughout the entirety of the year. It was unorthodox. I've said this many a times. I'm sitting in the press box and I'm talking to some of my friends that are sitting around me. And the one question I have is, how do you adjust? How do you come out of halftime in a game like this and make adjustments to be able to slow down Arizona State? There were very few teams this year that were able to do that. Because ASU was just playing football that was risk it to get the biscuit. That was based off of field position. It was based off analytics. It was based off of the passion that these players had. If they're saying, you know, let's go for it. Whatever it is. You had a team that clearly had this identity of we're not going to play traditional football. And we're not going to play the way that you play the game. We're more interested in going out there and being a team that is so unpredictable that you just don't know what to do. And in the best way possible, it's not like they're going out there and doing stupid stuff where they're dumb plays. Of course, but every team has dumb plays. Lincoln Riley has dumb plays. It happens. But the bottom line here was that this team came out and they were so interested in being the most unpredictable team offensively and defensively. And they were going to do it for 60 minutes. It wasn't going to be when they were down. It wasn't going to be when they were up. Then it matter if it was the first drive of the game or the last drive of the game. ASU came out and they wanted to be a team that you could not predict. That's the kind of identity that they establish here. They establish an identity that they're going to play unorthodox. And they establish an identity of do your 111th. When you have a team that is so dead set on winning every single down, doing their job to 100% of their uh, capability and capacity, and then you have a coaching staff that's going to place them in situations that are going to catch opposing offenses and defenses off guard, you're going to have a team that's eventually going to turn moral victories into actual victories that you find in that win column. So you laid out the groundwork this year. You had those veterans come in, and they helped establish that culture that also was kind of laid out by the coaching staff, by Coach Raggle, by Coach Carrington, by Coach Ward, by Coach Samples, by Coach Dillingham. They laid out that groundwork. They laid out the way this culture is going to go. You had veterans, Deshaun Mallory, Travian Brown, came into year one and did this for them. Some of the guys that were returning, like Trenton Borgay, were also really instrumental here. Jalen Conyers, Elijah Badger, Chris Edmonds. These were guys that helped establish that culture. They established that groundwork. And they found an identity. And that, my friends, are the biggest successful attributes that you had this year. I'm curious what you guys think. Besides wins and losses, literal wins and losses, what were the biggest successes that you guys saw in year one of the Kenny Dillingham era? Let me know in the comments. You can also hit me up on Twitter. You can find me at Richie Bradshaw 36 or yeah, Richie Brad's 36, excuse me. You can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, 
turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. And of course, a shout out once again to my everydayers who are here every day. I will see you guys again tomorrow. We're going to be focusing on a checklist for this team in the offseason. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked.